0: to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Saviour. So I'm going to speak today about the way to life. I was inspired by Angus Buckingham. How many of you actually went to the Angus Buckingham? Did you guys enjoy that? <laughs> he's he's quite an awesome old boomy, um, but he spoke a lot about uh, what is the meaning of life. In a bit further away? he he said the whole time, "What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life?" And he basically came to the conclusion that we need to glorify God. He was telling lots of stories and everything, but that's the crux of his message that he was getting to. And um, I want to kind of piggyback on that message today because I think all of us have a deep knowledge inside of us that we, that we need to live for a cause. I've yeah. um, seen that everybody here on campus as well. It's like everybody's trying to root for some other cause. And what Angus was also saying is that if we're living for a cause, we can actually put up with a lot of stuff, we can put up with suffering, we can put up with pain. Um, I'm just thinking about like sportsmen as well. Um, the rugby guys, <laughs> they put up with a lot of pain because they're playing for a cause. they want to win, they want to make their team proud, they want to make their fans proud, um, because there's meaning behind it. Um, and there are a lot of worthwhile causes, there are political causes, there are social upliftment causes. I know a lot of you have a heart. So I the people. I of you have a heart for children and wanting to help orphans or um, people on the streets. I mean, there are a lot of causes. There are environmental causes. You see all these tree huggers wanting like, to save the environment, which is also great. I mean, God gave us the environment to look after. So, yeah, recycling or um, looking after animals. But what I'm actually wanting to get at is that even those causes are meaningless if it's not within the greater cause of us glorifying our Creator, living for our Creator. Um, so, we, I mean, we can do all sorts of great things, but we're still going to feel empty if we're not doing it within that context of doing it for our Creator. And I want to actually just invite you, I'm going to take a bit of a journey through scripture where God actually shows us that um, that he really shows that true or meaningful life is really just about the Jesus Christ. That's what Uncle Agnes was also saying. That's what, why most of you are probably here, <laughs> because we realize that. But I want you to just open up your hearts to scripture and let's trust God to really make it real to us. Because we can say that we're serving Jesus, but um, is He really our source? That's my question today. So, um, yeah, I, I'm thinking about last week's Sunday. They were doing the children's family service um, at the morning service, and Auntie Sharon was holding like, a picture of a heart. Was it wasn't a person with. No, it was a heart, and it had a hole in it are, you know, there's a heart in that hole, and she was basically trying to explain that only God can fill that hole. And that's what I want to basically explain today, is I want to point out that we all have that hole, and that only God can really um, plug that hole. And I'm also going to highlight some of the typical temporal things that we use to fill that hole. Because most of us don't always realize what that hole is for, so we're trying to fill this as I'm going to highlight some of those things that ultimately don't satisfy. Okay, so I'm going to talk through some scriptures in John. I've been reading through the book of John and just trusting God to really reveal Himself to me. And Jesus reveals Himself in John in several ways, but amongst others through seven I am statements. So He says, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the Lord, I am. Okay, so we're going to run through those. I understand this already to who Jesus is, but let's just quickly pray. Jesus, we just open up our hearts and we really want to see you tonight, this afternoon. We pray that you will come and reveal yourself to us through scripture. Help us to see you, open up our spiritual eyes, open up our spiritual understanding, Lord. And we just thank you for, for your love for us. Help us to understand. Okay, so the first one is found in John six verse thirty-five. Then Jesus declared, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty." And the context here is actually just after he did that miracle where he multiplied the bread and the fish, and he crossed over to the Capernaum, Kaper, and all the people followed him, and they were basically looking for him. And it says in scripture. They, were look, they weren't looking for him because of him. They were looking for him basically because they just had a nice meal. And a lot of them were probably poor, and they were looking for another nice meal. Okay, so they weren't really um, following him for the right reasons. They were attracted to him because of what he could do for them, and what he could give to them. Um, and then, actually in verse 31, before the scripture, he says... Um, it says in the word that they were saying, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Um, our fathers ate the manna in the desert. They were talking about the manna that you know, their forefathers got in the desert. And they kind of saying, oh, What are you going to do? Are you going to give us manna? Are you going to give us something else? What can you give us? And then Jesus answered, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world and so they weren't really getting it and sadly we often like that we often like the Israelites in the desert that were always just complaining about you know God when are you going to give us water when are you going to give us meat? when are you going to give us this um, and these people were the same they were following Jesus for what they can get we so and um, this we kind of come to him for what he can do for us and similar to what, what Portia was saying earlier um and it's scary. And George is telling me during Society's week as well. I think he saw a T-shirt or something from one of the societies that was kind of advertising. Come to Jesus, people will um, pass your exams. Um, you know, solve all your problems, uh, get a fancy car. You know, all these amazing promises when you come to Jesus. <laughs> um, Often really we like that. We want to like kind of come to Jesus because now he's going to solve all our problems. He's Job. Um, and yes, he does provide for us, but it's, sometimes it's not exactly how we picture it. And that's actually what Jesus wanted to show in the scripture. He was um, speaking about a physical need, physical hunger, he was actually referring to a spiritual hunger. Um, and with most of these scriptures, you'll see that he speaks on a physical level, but also on a spiritual level. Um, and he makes it very clear that just as our bodies crave to... How many of you fasted? How many of you fasted for like a day or more than a day? (laughs) All I know is like by day two, I'm starting to dream about rasps and bread with butter. (laughs) All this lovely stuff We, our bodies crave. And what he's saying is that our spirits actually also crave spiritual food. So that's that whole. Uh, I should have brought that thing and we could have put it up here. But anyway, but unfortunately, we don't often recognize that hunger. Um, it's like a baby. They're hungry, but they don't really know what's wrong. They just cry. They know something's wrong, but they don't really know what it is. And we like that. We have a spiritual hunger, but we don't always recognize it. We feel depressed or we feel restless. And then, what do you do if you're sitting in a room and you switch on the TV? Or um, you find a friend, let's meet up. Um, or maybe you're into sports, you go play, play soccer or programming. Um, often, we don't want to sit still because then it's like that emptiness <laughs> gets highlighted. And that's spiritual hunger. Unfortunately, all those things that we try and fill that hunger with satisfy for the moment. You're going to be with your friend and you're going to hang out and it's going to be fun. But then you're going to go back to your room and you're going to sit there and feel like, okay. you know, it's just for a moment. It's, it's temporary. Um, it's like trying to quench your thirst with soft drinks, coffee. Have you ever like, done a 5K run and, and thought, now well, I'm going to have a nice cup of coffee? No. <laughs> Okay, maybe a Coke. (laughs) But your body actually needs water. You need need water. You need the real thing. Okay, so Jesus says he's the bread of life. Only Jesus can satisfy our need for spiritual nourishment. And that's point one. Only Jesus can satisfy our need for spiritual nourishment. Point two. Jesus says in John 8 verse 12, that um, I am the light of the world whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life and in John 9 verse 5 again he says I am the light of the world while I am in the world I am the light of the world and the context there is actually where he was healing he healed a blind man so once again he was actually speaking like figuratively this guy was blind he literally couldn't see so you have to think about it. Close your eyes quickly. Close your eyes. Now imagine making a cup of coffee with your eyes closed. Okay. Imagine brushing your teeth with your eyes closed. are okay. pretty lost. You can open up your eyes again. we can't really make sense of the world. you probably end up with toothpaste in my eyes. Um, And have you ever felt blind in a spiritual sense? Trying to make sense of life. Some people call it I need to find myself. It's like um, you need to find the light switch. (laughs) Um, And basically we're just trying to find the meaning of life. That's okay. I think it's what you're speaking about. What is the meaning of life? And I wanna ask then, where do you where do you look for guidance? Or where did you guidance before? Where do the people around you look for guidance when you're wanting to find the meaning of life? Do we do we uh, look at the southeast what southeast do you have to How's a student to do seven sermon along? your yeah, Generations? Series. Uh, students don't watch TV anymore, you just have series on their laptop. Yeah, or do we look to political leaders? Do we look at magazines? Girls, do you read Cosmo? Guys, FHM? I don't know what magazines, but those are typically, typically we look at popular culture, um, often to guide us. What do, what do people around us say, um, about significant stuff? Um, it's kind of like a figurative stick for a blind person. What do, what do we look to, to, to guide us? Um, but unfortunately, most of us are still left confused, still wondering. You can read a million articles in, in the magazines about everything, um, but still st- stay confused. And But Jesus says "Yeah, that whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He actually leads us into truth. He leads us into spiritual enlightenment. So that's the second point. Only Jesus can satisfy our need for spiritual enlightenment, to understand what is the meaning of life. Um, I am going to move a little bit quickly because there are seven points and I don't, don't want to keep you here until <laughs> eight o'clock. The third one is, is um, the gate. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay, so here Jesus is using um, an analogy that was commonly understood by the people that he was speaking about, and it was a sheep pen, kind of like a crow in our terms. um. But I'm going to bring it a little bit more home to us. Imagine a security complex, okay, with a, with an electric fence and a guard house with a gate, um, that you're staying in. So on the outside, you would typically be vulnerable to muggers, hijackers, (laughs) all sorts that you can think of in Joburg. And on the inside, I'm just, we used to live in a security complex. I was quite comfortable to walk around there at night. You know, we would go for a walk through the complex, rest sit at the pool, quite comfy, quite secure. Um, that's if it's a good security complex, obviously. But we can walk around at night without fear of attack. Okay, so see that as the figurative sheep pen for our day. Um, and once again, yeah, we can look at the physical and the spiritual because Jesus speaks about both. On the physical level, what do you look to for security? You guys are all here studying, hopefully to get a nice job <laughs> with a secure income. Do you look to that for your security? Do you dream about buying a house with a nice wall around it, maybe electric fencing to keep yourself secure, your family secure? Um, mm. See, that's where the age divide comes in. <laughs> but is that what's driving you to be successful in your studies so that you can have a secure life? Yeah, often, hey? Um, but what if, you go, what if we go through another economic dip and you're retrenched? What then? Um, for me, it was always very important to have a proper job. I was, I was a bit of a feminist, um, so I always thought, you know, I'll never be dependent on a man. I'll never be dependent on anyone to look after me. Um, so it was very important for me. Uh, for me, if someone had to ask me and I must tell them I'm a full-time mom, I would cringe at the thought, uh, you know. That <laughs> um, and it's scary how God had to deliver me from that. Um, up to about two years ago, that was very much my thinking, and I was at home. Uh, I was working part-time, yeah, and there's a lecturer, but I was basically at home. And then I started, I got the PNet app, and I was starting to look for a job, and I was like, I'm going to get a nice project manager job, and I'm going to get nice big bucks again, and I'm not going to depend on anybody financially, I'm going to be able to buy whatever I want, and... Um, so I was also not even just looking at the security of the money, but also the security of having a title. Now I'm important. And luckily I know God, and I submitted it to him, and he very quickly came to tell me, like, what are you thinking? I'm not calling you to that right now. I'm calling you to be a mom. So I laid I laid down, and God had to actually deliver me from that, just finding that security in a job title. And it sounds... It sounds... Um, Empty, but it's actually a big thing sometimes for us. And then in a spiritual sense, I want to ask, do you feel secure in a spiritual sense? How many of you, you don't have to put up your hand, but how many of you suffer from fear? Or perhaps even have nightmares at night? Um, I've spoken to a lot of people that actually say, like, they're afraid of being alone um, because of, You know, what might be out there to come and get, get them. (laughs) Um, and let's be real. There is an enemy in this world. His name is the devil. And he's not neutral towards us. Okay. He is out to destroy our lives. And we see it in this, in the second scripture. Um, both in this lifetime and for eternity. He wants to destroy our lives for eternity. But Jesus has come to give us access to safety. Um, and not just a place of hiding away from the enemy, all right? He's giving us authority to overcome the enemy, um, so that we can have abundant life. Jesus wants to give us abundant life. So that's point three. Only Jesus can save us from the destruction of the enemy. Only Jesus can save us. Um. Alright, right, point four is the good shepherd in John 10, verse 11. It just carries on from the previous scripture. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. Okay, so in the previous picture, we see that Jesus provides access to safety. but Now he takes the picture further to say that he doesn't just give access to safety, he is our safety. He's he's protection that goes with us. He's like a um, full-time, 24-7, highly skilled, think Navy SEAL bodyguard for us. Okay, are you excited about that? <laughs> um, and he's not the type that runs away when danger comes. He laid down his life for us. Okay, That's on a physical sense. He's there to protect us. Um, and then remember, once again, we're taking this to other levels as well. So uh, once again, I'm going to ask a few questions. Who or what do you turn to for emotional security? Um, so that's when you're feeling down, when you're feeling worthless, when you're feeling depressed. Who do you turn to? Are you desperate to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? <laughs> That's fine. But are you desperate to have them to make you feel worth something? Um, ladies, are you dependent on the attention of guys to tell you that you're beautiful? And is that the reason why you dress like you do? Um, just a side note, by the way. I, I'm a girl, so I may say this. Remember, girls, that when you dress revealingly, you're attracting the type that, that sees you as an object. Okay, so if you want the type that that is interested in you as a person, then you need to cover up. Okay. Um, that's just a side note. <laughs> um, do you feel vulnerable, perhaps because you don't have a supportive family? Perhaps you don't have parents, or your per- parents didn't do their job properly. They weren't there to protect you when you needed them. Um, do you spend a lot of time and energy trying to fit in? No, I did. I think as a teenager, I was. I joined every single type of subculture that there was. I was just always trying to fit in with some other crowd, and I think we're all susceptible to that. Um, what's really hurtful, though, is when we make sacrifices to fit in. Perhaps you've made a sacrifice for a relationship. Perhaps you've given away your purity. Perhaps you've compromised on something that you believed in. And then that crowd dropped you anyway. <laughs> Maybe that guy or that girl dropped you anyway. Um, yeah, and that's hurtful when we betrayed. But Jesus says here, yeah, He's not like the hired hand. If we can go back to that scripture, He's not like the hired hand that abandons the sheep. Okay. He, um, He lays down His life for us. Okay. So, Point four is a true sense of peace and security can only be found in Jesus. True peace and security can only be found in Jesus. People always disappoint us, unfortunately. Um, Okay, number five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He's speaking here to Martha. Martha was the sister of Lazarus who died who Jesus then raised from the dead. But this is before he raised him from the dead. Here he's still pretty much dead. Okay, so he said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Okay, that's quite a tongue twister. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Okay, but he's obviously talking about eternal life here. So he's talking about... Physical death, like Lazarus was death, dead, but he was saying you can, you can still live. You can live for eternity. So obviously all of us are going to be faced with death someday. Um, and the question is, does that scare you? Does that scare you? Um, or do you have the hope of eternal life? Um, because we can try all sorts of longevity gimmicks and we can look at modern medicine to help us ma- like live longer, but ultimately we're all going to face death. And here Jesus is just making it clear that only he has overcome death and only he can give us eternal life. Point six, John 14, verse 6. This is probably one of the most... Um, Known, well known scriptures where Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Okay, he's speaking here to comfort his disciples before his death. So he was talking about how he's going to go away and they should, they can also come. um, And he was basically saying that he is the way. So, he was obviously talking about him going to the Father in heaven. And he was also saying to them, because the disciples were asking him, yes, but if you can only show us the Father. And he's like, but haven't you, haven't you been with me so long already? How can you still ask that? If you've, you've been with me, you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. Basically, Jesus came to show us the Father. Um, and all of us have that desire to know God. Anybody, even if they say they're an atheist, everybody has something in their heart that desires to know who God is. Um, And religion is all about finding that way to God and making sense of our existence. Um, So even I remember when I was a teenager, um, I experimented with lots of things, especially with spirituality, because I was wondering about it. I was wondering about the supernatural. So I dappled around new age stuff a lot and you know trying to lift people off the ground with like mental Um, and a lot of us are intrigued by the supernatural and we watch Harry Potter and all this kind of stuff because we built that way Um, we want to discover God but what's important is that although there are many religions and many mediums to God and um, sangomas, that you know, lots of different kinds of mediums to God and ways to God through other religions. Jesus clearly says here that He is the only way. He is the only way to the Father. Um, so, if we really want to know God, if we really want to know the truth about life, then we need to get to know Jesus. <laughs> and how do we do that? Hmm? We read we read the Bible, yes. Jesus' primary prim, primary way of revealing himself is through the Bible, especially the Gospels. That's why I'm reading the Gospels now, because I'm really asking Jesus, show, show me, show yourself to me, show me the Father. So Jesus is the only way to God. That's number six. So the last point, um, Jesus is, is still speaking to his disciples here before his death, and in John 15 he says, I am the true vine, you will bear much fruit. Apart from you, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burnt. Um, okay, so here he's speaking about fruitfulness, and we all have a need to be fruitful. Okay, so we don't use that word necessarily. Fruitful is a bit of a Christianese word, I think. Um We may call it being successful or uh, to have a fulfilling life or to have a meaningful life, a significant life, to accomplish something. Okay, Um, But the bottom line is that nobody wakes up in the morning saying, you know what, I'm quite happy to um, do nothing, mean nothing to nobody, basically just take up space and use up oxygen until the day I die. Have any of you woken up and said that? (laughs) No, all of us want to mean something, even if it's just something, just, just one person, okay? And it's perfectly natural. That's the way that we've been created. Um, the, the problem is that most of us try and find our fulfillment in the, in the, accompli- the accomplishment, um, and that fulfillment is usually short-lived. So we think, okay, once I've, once I've got that job, then I'm going to feel fulfilled, then I'm going to be fruitful. But then you get the job and it's like, oh, I don't feel like going to work today, another 8 to 5. You know, you get bored of it. Or you think, if only I can get married. If only I can have children. But then you get there and it's like, it's empty. Um, Because we have it the wrong way around. Jesus speaks here very clearly. He says, first relationship with him, first being plugged into the vine, then comes the fruit. So if we go for the fruit first, it's it's the wrong way around. It's not going to satisfy, and it's not going to last. That's the, that's the key thing here. He speaks about lasting fruit. Um, okay, so the question here is, do you think your life will be more valuable when you have a degree or when you have an impressive job title, when you have a husband or a pretty wife? Or let's take it a little bit more spiritual, if you want. Do you think you're going to mean more to God if you're playing in the band? If you can sing nicely like Matumi. Or um, do you think you're going to mean more to him if you are leading a small group? Or if you're standing up front here preaching? Um, Okay. Okay. like I said, if, if we're not plugged into Jesus first, those things are meaningless. Um, they're absolutely meaningless. Yes, we can get a degree without him. We can get the job title without him. There are a lot of people who don't know Jesus who are successful in this life. okay. Um, but the thing is, they're successful in this life. None of what they do carries on into eternity. If I'm not doing the job to be able to impact the people at the job the job is meaningless um, if i 'm just raising children so that my surname can carry on it 's meaningless if those children are not being raised up for Jesus Christ um, if we not i mean I can do my job excellently and it can you know it can be great, but if i 'm not doing it to glorify him, if i 'm not acknowledging Jesus in what i 'm doing it 's meaningless um, and I found this. Quite a while back, when I was still working in corporate, I was sent to Malaysia for a project. And we were at this amazingly fancy hotel over the weekend. We went away to one of the islands, and um, it was amazing. Like, everything was idyllic. You know, I was living the life, if you could say that. I was this jet setter, going all over the world, experiencing all these amazing places. But I just remember that weekend being so empty it was young George's birthday, and the only place I wanted to be was home. I was so homesick. Um, and it's not that that job wasn't fruitful. It was up to that point. But God had to come and give me a sense of um, lack of meaning to tell me it's time to move on. Um, so if we, don't, if we don't feel that we have a sense of eternal meaning, we're not in the place where God wants us to be. And then we need to ask him, God, where do I need to be? Uh, what do you want me to be doing? Okay, so remember, first relationship, remaining in the vine, that's the cause, and the effect is then the fruit comes. Okay, if we chase after the fruit, they'll inevitably be temporal rather than than eternal. Um, and unless we remain in him, having relationship with him, we will be like that branch that withers and dies. <laughs> um Just to give you a physical example, Elaine, our oldest little daughter, fell off the the, the, um, balcony steps the other day, and she fell onto one of my bushes, my flower (laughs) bushes, and the thing just broke off. So I knew, oh, goodness, (laughs) this thing is not going to make it. But it was literally within a day, it was completely withered. It was dead. Like the previous day, it still had flowers on it. The next day, it was dead. Like you could do nothing with it, so I just took it and I threw it away. And we like that if we don't daily spend time with with God, if we don't daily fill ourselves, we like that that branch that becomes withered it. because it's easier. We can do nothing. We can do nothing by ourselves. Okay. So point seven, the last point: we can only be eternal fruit if we're in relationship with Jesus. Um, all right. So that's a just a summary slide, and the common trend here basically just to sum up is the I am. Okay. Have you seen all the statements have I am in it? And that's how God introduced himself in the desert to Noah through the burning bush. He was basically saying, I'm the great I am. Um, he is self-existing, and he causes everything else to be. He is the great I am. And what that means really is that every human need... Whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, every human need is fulfilled in Him. Every human need. Um, and we just need to come to Him and acknowledge that He's the Son of the living God. Um, and then we need to remain in Him, like I say, daily, getting our food. And I'm speaking to myself as well. I've been so challenged lately just to seek God daily and not live off the food that I got two years ago or three years ago um, the way I experienced him last year daily getting our food okay so I want to I want to pray for us all today Um, and the reason I'm saying I want to pray for us all is because I think we all fall in at least one of those categories in terms of not trusting in Jesus for that thing whether it's spiritual nourishment, whether it's spiritual enlightenment, whether it's protection from the enemy, um, whether it's for, for security, um, whether it is to bear fruit. I think especially the talented amongst us are, are more prone to thinking we can do it all <laughs> by ourselves.